Who is your favourite fictional monarch? Welcome to Is a Hot Dog a Sandwich? With me, Jedediah, and Mr. Ethan. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed, man. Yeah. I'm very, very blessed. Never stressed. It's a wonderful time. We've got a new setting for the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's feeling good. Mm. It's feeling very, very good. It is a different energy, and maybe a different audio. Who knows? Like, is 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 the sound bouncing off the walls differently to how it was in our in our previous studio? Especially because of the shape of the room that we're currently in. Yeah, it's got yeah. lovely painted walls thanks to yourself and hey. some other superstars out there. Yeah, I can't lie. This is the second time I've fully painted. I've like painted this room, and it's. Uh, it's a fun experience. It's a good room. But uh, it's, a, it's a good day. We're talking about fictional monarchs. We've had some of the best stories ever told and some of the oldest original stories were around power struggles and leaders of nations and people. So you, you go back to the Bible, you go even further back, you look at hieroglyphs and they're talking about leaders. They're talking about pharaohs. Yeah. So it has always been in our nature to look at leadership and monarchs are the boldest representation of that. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some of the, the greatest fictional characters. And obviously, if we leave any off the list, engage, let us know. Leave a comment. Engage with us. We want to know who's your favourite fictional monarch. But we're going to get right into this. Who's first on the list? So first on the list is... If you, we're starting hot. Ooh. With Aragorn, Aragorn. With Strider. So obviously, for the beginning of Lord of the Rings and the movies, you meet Strider in a, in a, in a cavern. Uh, cavern? not a cavern what's it called a tavern that's tavern. the one in a tavern <laughs> in a corner as a shadowy figure but we re- we learn as we go through the movies that aragorn has a royal lineage yeah. and by the end of the film and the books spoilers for a, mo- a, a story that is almost 100 years old it's not 100 years old already uh, aragorn becomes king of gondor and arnor which is another place that i didn't know he's king of but becomes takes the throne yeah. the rightful throne as return of the king shout out to arnor Wherever it is. Wherever it is. I don't remember ever seeing it on the map of it, but we've got to show his respect. Um, Aragorn's a bad boy. (laughs) Yes. Bad boy. Yes. Um, He fights with honour, compassion, Mm. respect. He ticks all the boxes as far Mm. as I'm concerned and he looks fantastic doing it. He does. Um, We don't really get to see... We get to see him... We get to see that he's lived a successful life as a king. Yeah. Because his... This is an elf? Yes, yeah, yeah. And she is also... Royal, yes, she's yeah. a royal elven queen, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you wanted like a, a picture perfect monarch, mm. it's probably someone that is Aragorn. Oh, yeah, he goes, he takes the sword in yes. uh, Return of the King and goes to uh fight, or he starts the fight with the army of the ghosty undead, yes, yeah, yeah, in the mountain, um, in order for them to restore or t- it convinces them to come and fight with him in order to restore themselves to the world. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't show definitive leadership, that you go by yourself yeah. through some caves to yeah. fight something you've never met before yeah. and is beyond uh, your normal comprehension, mm-hmm. but then you get them on side of you mm-hmm. and save essentially the whole world. The whole or, Middle Earth, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, Gondor, mm-hmm. why that? He deserves to be king. Yeah, regardless of who he's representing mm-hmm. or fighting for, he fights with the same heart and spirit. Like at the literally the first time we see him fight, he's fighting the Ringwraiths, yeah. who are these undead, petrifying, cloaked ghouls who have magical swords, and he fights them all off with fire and bravery. It's in, it's an incredible, incredible sight. From that to like you say, fighting the undead yeah. and convincing them through his words and his character to fight alongside him, as opposed to just beating them down. Yeah. He truly represents, like you say, what I think a, tr- a, a fantastic leader leader is, and I think it's a great way to start to start this list. Shout out to Aragorn. Maybe maybe we should look at Aragorn as being yeah. a monarch. But somewhere. not a shout out to Faramir. 
Oh, I'm not sure. Or Boromir. Yeah, they're both both yeah. wasemen. Both yeah. wasemen, really. Boromir had a, redeem, a redemption yeah, but... as he was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you scare Frodo, man? Next up, we have Princess Leia, who I didn't even mean it to be like this, but I think represents a very similar style of leadership as, as Aragorn, just yes. gone, in that will always put themselves at the front line and is not afraid to lead with, lead by example and to lead with their ferocity and their passion as opposed to sitting back and strategizing all the time yeah uh, leia is someone who is very much and has always been for the people yeah and uh sacrificed the force yeah uh, yeah and you said sacrificed her 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 title her, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, her royal lineage yeah she becomes yeah. general organa yeah. um leia is incredibly passionate she would sacrifice everything. She sacrifices love. Mm-hmm. She sacrifices friendship in order to uh, look after most people. If, any, if anything, Leah's probably a bit of a communist. Yeah. Um, she puts everything else before herself. She's the ultimate giver. Yeah. Yeah, she stands in the face of really what being royalty is. Yeah. She wants power to the people as opposed to power to the singular. And it's a fantastic thing to see. The only thing that kind of brings her down is when she Mary Poppins it. And um, <laughs> that, and that's not hey. got anything to do with her being a leader. Or maybe it is. Maybe she was like, my people need me. Yeah. And was like, do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> and flew through space. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's, that, that wasn't her fault. No, it wasn't. They made her do it. Yeah, the writers were right there. Um, I was going to say, but I completely forgot what it was. On Leia, um, that's how distracting the um, the Mary Poppins, <laughs> the Mary Poppins moment is. Yeah, she does it. She has a fantastic moment. Yeah. I think it's a bit short because she wasn't al- because the actor wasn't alive. Mm. Um, but right in the final movie, yeah. there is a moment where she gets to train um, Ray. Oh yeah, to become a Jedi, like a, a fulfilled Jedi, and I think. I think it's a beautiful moment because it shows a full circle where she was kind of like, this is all nonsense. This is really mm-hmm. silly. And it gets to the point where she is teaching the force, even though she's not really one, she can teach her. She can teach Ray about the force. Yeah. And therefore as being a leader, even though she renounced her, her Royal line, she's still being a leader and saying, go and protect the people of the galaxy. And we love a leader that doesn't take themselves too seriously. Anyone that can keep up with Han Solo mm. and being a wisecrack, mm. um, will always have a place in my heart. Yeah, she put him in his place. And that's necessary. <laughs> Multiple times. But now mm. we're going to move on to her mother. Her mother. Princess Amidala. Ooh. Amidala. Padme. Padme Amidala. Yeah. Who we do see, like the first, we're first introduced to um, Amidala in the Phantom Menace. Yeah. And you see two sides. You see the the royal who do, who goes to the Senate and pleads for, for Tatooine. And you also see real Padme who is just on a ship, you know, and, and works with Anakin and, and Qui-Gon. You know what, Padme is a perfect example of why we should listen to young people and children more mm-hmm. because she was there from the jump. She's saying, these, these are all of the things wrong. We're not supporting all the people. We're not looking after everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to do this across the galaxy where slavery was still a thing mm-hmm. um, and the Jedi were quite ignorant to all of it. And she was gunning for it. She, uh, You can definitely see how they're related. Mm-hmm. They're very much one and the same, both her and Padme, in terms of uh, passion for putting people first. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to alliteration. Um <laughs> And uh, that extended to her love. Mm. She was powerful in that love. She was unwavering and unfaltering, Mm. even in the face of pure evil. Mm. Padme's passion for putting people first persevered. (laughs) (laughs) You gave me me the meat. And that's on period. (laughs) (laughs) I finished it off. No, it was... (laughs) That's on period. Yeah, it was... um, 
it was really it was really good to see the development and the growth uh, from being from hiding from hiding from saying I need a, a I need someone to step in for me to protect me yeah. so that you know if there ever something ever goes wrong they've actually got the 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 standing as opposed to me to, uh, to standing out there and saying no I'm actually I actually am who I am and I'm not going to let anything get in my way and birthed the saviors of the galaxy <laughs> because Leia yeah. as, as a general and as a strategist helped birth the rebellion yeah. but also uh, Luke Luke was the Jedi who saved Anakin who brought Anakin back from being Darth Vader and also helped defeat Emperor Palpatine, even though it was only for a short period of time, because, you know, in the rewarding story that the last three movies are, Emperor Palpatine comes back again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's uh, that's Padme and Leia, the Organa lineage. Um, moving on to the king of the nine realms, the king of Asgard, Odin. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Odin. I'm a big fan of Odin in, in mythology, but also in the MCU. And that's how, that's what I'm going to refer to Odin as now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Father of Loki, Thor, and Hela, and King of the Nine Realms. Odin's arc is incredible. Odin starts as being uh, a tough ruler, kind of saying to Thor, go, get out of here. You need to learn what it's like to be a human being. Yeah. He said, for you to lead, you must first follow. And so takes his powers away and sends him to Earth, which I think is fantastic, fantastic parenting, but also leading. It's like, no, you've, you're so much bigger than you think you are. You're too big for your boots. Yeah. And you need to learn how to wield power with respect and humility. Yeah. Go and be humble. Go and be a, just a person. Which I think is great leadership. Then we see... It's kind of exposed as a bit of a hypocrite because when he was really trying to gain power, yeah. him and Hela just torched galaxies, oh torched realms. There is uh, artwork in the in in the cathedral in the in the palace yeah. of them just going through realms and just laying waste to people until they bowed their knee to, to Odin. Ooh. So Odin went from being this in in passionate, the opposite of compassionate, whatever, to destroying lands to then being like no i will lead with a with a caring and loving hand and kind of standing off i think you know when you live for thousands of years you you have the ability to do that uh but i like the arc is what i said there's also something to call out there that he went and took over the galaxies and then he's yeah. like, you know what guys i think it's time for peace yeah I'm, oh i'm sorry <laughs> now i rule everything <laughs> you don't need to fight anymore about this yeah. it's done what's done is done now yeah and then he just gets this like um float off into the into the distance few uh death when it's like actually maybe you should be held, held accountable for it but also actually there's a ruling if you don't die in battle you don't go to valhalla Yes. He didn't die in battle. He just faded away after being really old. Did he have his weapon in his hand? No. Because oh, he's no. just sitting there. He's sitting on a hill between Loki and Thor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, bye guys. And then fades, fades away. Maybe he's not in Valhalla. Does that extend beyond Earth? I don't God? know. I need to work that out. Yeah. I need to work that out. Because he doesn't go. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't die in battle. So we'll, we'll work that one out. Mm. We'll, we'll look into some mythology of it. But also, I think in that gives a give a big shout out to Loki and Thor because I like them as princes. Yes. I like the way that they interact and I just like their characters. I don't think either of them are actually good leaders. No. I think they're both terrible leaders. But they're great. But they're good content <laughs> <laughs> and they're enjoyable to watch and that's what gets them bonus points on this Absolutely. List. Do you have anything else to say about Odin? Nothing. Yeah. Odin needs to chill out when it comes to the conquest. Ooh, next up, a really bad monarch as far as, you know, we know what side of, of morality they lie on. The White Witch of Narnia. Um, 
there was a a TikToker by the name of David Larvey, mm. who I find hilarious. And he's doing a series at the moment called um, Food That I Saw on in Media <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that absolutely uh, confused me. Absolutely yeah. just convinced me that it was going to be delicious and was actually horrible. Mm. And Turkish Delight was one of them. Yeah. And the White Witch of the West. Uh, the White Witch of the West? What am I doing? Uh, what's the word? Wizard of Oz? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the White Witch... Uh, is the epitome of that. She made Turkish delight look like the most tantalizing and delicious thing. So much so that a boy would give up his whole family and the rest of the realm for another taste. Yeah. She really represented what monarchies are. And that's a dictatorship. (laughs) She manipulated and controlled with an iron fist. She represented no control for anyone other than the top. And that's really what monarchies are. So it was good to see that representation and to be this evil, this pure evil gave, gave the, um, I was about to say Baudelaire, but it's not the Baudelaire's. What's their name? It gave the children of the wizard of, (laughs) I'm all over the place when it comes to fiction and reality today. Who's got so many to talk about? Gave the children and Aslan and that whole, Narnia, Peter, people. Lucy, yeah, and their man. Their man there. Yeah, Peter, Lucy, and their man there. Gave them something to, to really fight against. And she felt, the White Witch felt petrifying, felt scary, felt evil. Really well played by Tilda Swinton. Really yes. incredibly played this cold, dark, icy. And then they'd have winters for hundred, the 100 year winter, Time. which had frozen everything. Yeah. It was brilliant. Really scary and represented, I think, what monarchies really are. Yeah. Moving on, moving on to the next one. We have, ooh, we have, I know I just mentioned Aslan, but we have a different lion leader. And that is the king of the Pride Lands, Mufasa. So, uh, I don't see, I haven't really seen Beyond Thanking One. Okay. So, you're um, Thanking Two. I probably have, but it's uh, so long ago that it's okay. diffused, dissolved in my brain and no longer exists as a thing. Yeah. So my experience of Mufasa is like the first however many minutes he was alive mm. um, in which he was clearly like a good loving leader, a good father, and then he's gone. Yeah. And the teachings lived on, mm. which is wonderful, and it shows that there is a lot of knowledge passed down, um, shared through love and taking time to... Uh, embed that love into your child, but I don't have anything more. On okay, him. yeah, yeah, no, he. I, 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 don't, I can't remember if much of Mufasa is in Lion King two. There is some stuff in Lion King one, one and a half. I think it's one and a half. It's, it's Lion King three, but it's like one and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my take on Mufasa is was a very caring, loving, and kind leader. Yeah. Someone who gave their pride everything and gave the larger group everything because you know when Simba's born all of the animals come to to pay respect but is that actually because they're really scared of the lions because the lions be eating everything is that actually what it is is there really secretly a dark undertone that we're not talking about here and Scar is actually the leader that the rest of the Pride Lands deserved because there was a moment when um the, the lions are like uh they're famished when Scar is leader maybe that's because Scar's like no you're not going to eat the, anyone else because Mufasa was doing it who knows who knows maybe there's a deeper side to it uh, have you seen the thing about uh, Scar eating Mufasa no so if you rewatch Lion King on, yeah. um, you'll see certain bones in certain scenes and one of them is 
you can if you googled lion's skull mm. it's exactly the same of it and it's one of the things that scar, uh, scar is eating so that and uh, lions often do, they, they do cannibalize eat, yeah, each other yeah, yeah. um so there is a very very likely theory that scar eats mufasa so he was really saying you lot can't have the food but yeah, i'll, but I'll, I'll yeah, i'm gonna I'll, eat your homeboy <laughs> you're your real leader you um, i don't and that makes me doubt everything about him oh no Oh no! I, 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 here I was thinking Scar is actually the leader they deserve, but no, he's just as bad as the rest. I mean, it would have made Hamlet pretty weird if we had to see you know, <laughs> yeah. Hamlet meets Hannibal. Yeah, it's true. But also, how good of a leader can Mufasa be if the wildebeest just keep going? They just keep going. Yeah, they were moving faster. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. Why are they coming fast? That's my question. Um, next up, we have now. I'm gonna be. I'm biased in this one, so I'm mm. the king of Wakanda, Wakanda forever. So we've already <laughs> okay. T'Challa is at a significant advantage to everyone else in this pack because we've already named the greatest fictional character of all time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. putting that aside, uh, T'Challa is one of the best dressed. Yeah. One of the coolest costumes. Yep. One of the coolest color schemes okay. in black and purple. Yep. Um, uh, T'Challa is. Uh, an emotional leader mm. that learned how to be uh, more than the prince. Mm. He was someone that literally fell into the role. Mm-hmm. He woke up one day and his father was unfortunately no longer there. Mm. And he felt uh, a deep pain and suffering with, within him, which he had to transform to lead a community. Mm. Now, I want to pass the mic to you because you and T'Challa have a greater relationship <laughs> we do have such a strong relationship with T'Challa he was an idealist right he started he starts out his journey as an idealist we see him in civil war as a representative of this guy killed my father that's it then justice must be done at all times my country is locked nobody can see what's going on vibranium is ours and that's it our resources are ours that's it that's how he starts his introduction to us as this incredibly idealistic secluded closed off leader which is very good for a certain few Mm -hmm. and he realizes through an emotional journey like you represent through a dethroning as well like you say he literally you say he fell into the role he also fell out of the role he got thrown off the cliff (laughs) (laughs) if that's what we're calling falling now russia has got a lot to say to you Um, so he he goes through such a transformation and in that transformation of losing the power that was given to him that he didn't that he didn't really, he wasn't voted for. Yeah. He was put in that spot, which is what monarchies are. He had to re-earn it. He goes through a journey of a discovery of not just himself, but his his people and his land and his and the world around him. Yeah. And he realizes that the world is so much bigger than just Wakanda. And in that process, becomes so much more of a holistic leader yeah. to listen to people, but also to give. And he at one point was very much, no, Wakanda is the only thing that matters to me. And I was like, actually, we can change the world by giving, caring and opening borders. Mm. And that is something I'm always going to respect and always, always support. Did so much. And this is how good T'Challa is as a leader. Did so much for people outside of the universe that he was in. I remember seeing people running around with Black Panther um, memorabilia, hoodies, tops, T-shirts, masks. Obama Yang literally had it on, like transcended it. And I don't know if I can say that for any of these other leaders to the same extent. And that's one a shout out to the character being such an incredible character, but also to the incomparable Chadwick Boseman playing it so well. So incredible. And being well. being the king, even when they're just on they were just on in interviews and things like that. Yeah. You know, literally embodied that. So uh, incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. All right, so we spoke about the White Witch. 
So the White Witch is Antithesis, who then claims the throne when the winters end, the undying winter end. Aslan, the Lion King. Aslan was about it, about it. From the jump. Aslan was for the people. Yeah. Aslan literally sacrificed themselves mm. to then come back at less than, it wasn't even that long later. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be so incredible. Aslan is just incredibly selfless. Mm. Um, a furious fighter. Um, what Mufasa maybe should have been on the war perspective, let me not go too far because I know Lion Kings are ride or dive. Yeah, Lion we, King we, fans are. Yeah, we might we might get some hate on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and we're ready for it. We never lost. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's C.S. Lewis. Yes, C.S. Lewis used Narnia, used incredible amounts of um, Christian and big Bible symbology to create characters and storylines. Okay. And Aslan's rebirth is supposed to be a direct representation and symbolic representation of Jesus's rebirth. Okay. And so one, that is an incredible story. And it goes back to what we spoke about at the beginning that monarchs and leaders have been represented through storytelling mm-hmm. and endlessly. And the concept of rebirth is not a new one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one that has run through culture endlessly. And I think it's done so beautifully yeah. in uh, the line, the witch in the wardrobe when at the end of all the fighting Aslan, the, the table is broken. Yeah. Just like in um, the Bible, when the rocks move and everything's gone, uh, the table's broken, and in the light re- reigns Aslan. I'm really glad that you said that about the Bible, because I was about to say monarchs love a bit of drama, don't they? <laughs> and that would seem to ridicule all of, the, all of everything that was going on, so very glad. I mean, you're right, monarchs do love a bit of a bit of drama. Like We look at them, they wear fancy hats with jewels that they shouldn't have there on them. They have big trumpets behind them, they wear long flowy capes, and some people go, here ye, here yeah. ye, here comes the king, Low it. And Aslan is actually equally susceptible to that, especially yeah, when we yeah. see the later They all episodes. love a bit of pe- uh, pe- pageantry? <laughs> yeah, pageantry. I was about to say peasantry, <laughs> peasantry. I was like, that's the opposite I mean, word. Like. They also do love a bit of pageantry. So next one is one that you um, are big into, oh, yes. and that I have no knowledge of whatsoever, yes. so this is going to be interesting in your discussion, yeah. and that is... Cersei Lannister. Oh, Cersei Lannister, the, the Queen Regent, um, one of the most uh, fear-inducing people mm. in all of the Game of Thrones universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't at me. Um, <laughs> Cersei, again, is another person that was a fighter. Um, spoiler alerts for those who haven't watched it or for those who are watching House of Dragon, don't worry about it because they're kind of disconnected. Mm. Um Cersei met a witch, a woman, who prophesied that all of her children would die. Oh, said, you're going to have three kids and they're all going to die. Damn. She had three kids uh, by her brother, uh, Jamie Lannister. And um, over the course of Game of Thrones, they were poisoned. Two of them were poisoned. One of them committed suicide, but she stood strong. Mm. Her madness... Uh, slowly crept up with every loss, uh, tearing her apart. Despite the fact that one of her child children, one of her children, (laughs) was potentially the worst person in the entire Game of Thrones, in Joffrey Lannister, who was just a petulant child that uh, abused anybody that they could get their talons on. Um, And this was entirely enabled by Cersei Lannister, um, or the Lannisters as a whole. Um, we see her reach the pinnacle of her madness in the defense of her family name as well as her kingdom uh, when King's Landing is ransacked. So King's Landing is like the the castle and then the surrounding area. It's like mm. the major city mm. in Westeros um, where all of the money comes in and they have giant fleets. They have everything that you, you could ever wish for. 
Um, and she locks it down. She says, no one's coming in, no one's coming out. Um, and she goes head to head against Daenerys and Jon and their dragons, which, as you can imagine, does not end particularly well for her. Um, but she refuses to give up. She continues to fight to the bitter end yep. um, for the detriment to the detriment of her people because many of them are burned by dragon fire let's go Aaron Rodgers is one of those people is he huh? he's in what he's in a scene in yes. Game of Thrones and the scene is he's running underneath some arches in a city yeah. and fire comes to the arches and burns him that sounds right right cool. because there's not a lot of instances of this Aaron Rodgers the quarterback probably tripping off Ayahuasca <laughs> and running out of his mind whilst yeah. a fake dragon chases him down the road <laughs> a man with a green mop Aye. chases after him the Detroit Lions have just made a sign in <laughs> uh, Cersei Lannister is someone who refused to go out until a building literally fell on her yeah. and her lover um, a fantastic mother she was ride or die for her children um, but her not a very successful monarch her incest created her incest babies do you know um, what I, I, one thing I do like about that I don't mm. I don't know enough to talk about it but is that she went down with the building it's mm. like the captain goes down with the ship yeah. that is true leadership to always stay until the bitter end yeah. to, to fight until there is no fight left mm. you should be leading the front if you are a ruler like that if you're a monarch and yeah. you don't get voted on you should also be someone who's just there at the front at all times so um yeah, for so expect. long uh, we also see Cersei Lannister as this horrible horrible person mm. and then uh, there's a period in the midpoint before she comes queen way before she comes queen whilst two of her three kids are still alive <laughs> and that's how we're marking points in time in her life <laughs> um she is uh shamed Shame. Um, yes. Shame. The Shame Queen, um, who also the is manager the manager of Richmond FC. Uh, director. She's the owner of Sorry, Richmond owner FC. Of Richmond, yeah, yeah. Um, Hannah Waddingham, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, uh, go and check them because it took. I didn't realize until I watched two series of Ted Lasso and then I saw a picture on a panel show of uh, Hannah Waddingham as the Shame Witch. I didn't realise that she also happened to own Richmond AFC so maybe she enjoys shaming people in their spare time. <laughs> um, but Cersei does have a fantastic arc and I'd encourage you to go and watch Game of Thrones to experience that because you do feel a, a bit, at least a hint of remorse for her by the end. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think, um, I think uh, every time I talk about Game of Thrones mm. I say I'm going to check it out so yeah. I, th I think I'm going to have to start at some point. Um, okay, and so that's the list of our monarchs. Oh. Let us know what your favourite monarch is. I would also love to use this time to shout out a movie that comes out this next month, mm -hmm. 7th of October in the UK. It's coming out, it's called The Woman King, starring Viola Davis. And it, follow, it follows uh, a goji, a diagoji. They're an all-female warrior unit who protected the Western African kingdom of Dahomey. I hope I've, I've said both of those right. If I haven't, I really do apologise. In the 19th century, Viola Davis stars as the general who trains the next generation of warriors to fight their enemies. Mm -hmm. That sounds really incredible. I just can't wait to see Viola Davis do, do what Viola Davis does. And it's also a, a spotlight of a, of a leader that I think would be really interesting and is different to what we've just, uh, we've just spoken about. Yeah, there's not a lot of representation in Kings and Queens no, and Kingdom. So I'm glad we got to talk about T'Challa, even though he's a fictional yeah. African kingdom. But um, let us know, <laughs> in your area, is there a particular uh, mythical tale that you enjoy? I used to really enjoy um, King Arthur and Merlin. <laughs> um, is there a particular mythos or mythology <laughs> uh, that praises these kings and queens or takes the mickey out of them on a Greek slant? Yeah, let us know. I think I think there's, there's endless tales that can be told, so... So let us know about some of them. You can find us at is a hot dog a sandwich at Facebook, YouTube, and 
all streaming links. You can find that is a hot dog a pod on TikTok and Instagram. Engage. We absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. From the is a hot dog a sandwich crew, we love you. We hope you're doing really well, and we are over and out. Peace. Deuces.